Welcome to today's podcast. I'm Scott Knuckles with The Untold Story. Thank you for joining me. I hope today's message will drive you to a greater faith, a more lasting hope, and a deeper love for others and yourself. I'm reminded of the quote by Thomas Edison. He said, Many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. Let's get started with today's podcast. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 5 of The Untold Story with Scott Knuckles. And I'd like to begin with a question. How many of you have ever had a major ailment or disease and you ask God for help? Well, you're not alone. According to Pew Research, they shared that 75% of the population has prayed for healing at some time in their lives. Research also tells us that most of us pray for healing for others. We actually pray when we see others struggling and need a touch from God. I'm joined today by one of my dearest friends in all the world, Gary Hamilton. Not only is he a dear friend of mine, but he's also my pastor too. And there's no one I respect more than this man. And it's interesting because four years ago, he began to wrestle with something. It just struck me that it would be an amazing conversation to have to talk about that in detail. But I'd like to dive into a story because there's so much that we can glean from it. And perhaps some of you are struggling with some similar things that are going on in your life. So Gary, welcome. I thank you so much for joining me on this journey. And why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, your family, your vocation, your hobbies, etc. Well, thank you, Scott, for the invitation being with you this evening. I'm from Florida originally. I was born in Central Florida, and we grew up in Naples. God called me into ministry from there, and now I've been in ministry for over a little over 40 years, and wow. it's just been an awesome time. Back in 1997, uh, God led us to come up to New Hampshire, where we now pastor Tower Hill Church, and been there for over 24 years now as a senior pastor. Wow. And for those of you that don't know, I first got to meet Gary Hamilton when we relocated from Texas to New Hampshire, and it was the worst winter in a hundred years. And it was his church that we attended. And then we moved away and we got to come back and it was so good that we went back to the same church and we've been there ever since. It's been a blessing to have you guys back and the friendship. <laughs> we never lost that friendship from the time you guys moved away yeah. and came back. It's true. It's, it's, uh, it is, it's like a God, God story, you know? Gary was diagnosed with Parkinson's four years ago. It was a shock to his family, to his closest friends, to his congregation. We want to delve into that. We want to uh, talk about that. So, Gary, tell us what happened and how you knew something was wrong and what you did about it. Well, when I, when I first started seeing symptoms, I thought maybe my I hurt my back or mm. then I... I was pulling a suitcase into a, an elevator, and my suitcase caught, and it actually popped something in my, my left arm. And then I was, I was having tremors, thinking maybe I did some nerve damage in my arm. And then, so I went to my doctor after a while. I was putting up with this because my legs had gotten tight. I had uh, my hamstrings really tightened up. I couldn't walk right. I mean, everything began to hurt and ache. 
And I went to a chiropractor thinking that was what was going on. And then finally, I went to my doctor and I said, I think I hurt my arm. And he looked at me and he says, Gary, there's more going on here than you think. And I said, oh, he said, I'm going to send you to a neurologist. And I, I'm thinking, why do I need to go to a neurologist? And as I went to the neurologist, I, he put me through a series of tests. And then he came in and said, Mr. Hamilton, I didn't need to let you know you have Parkinson's. And I, I just went into shock at, at the moment. I, I went, I called my wife on the way home. What's the future? I was thinking ministry could come to an end. A lot of things could happen. And I was just concerned. I was scared. I had the same emotions that every, everybody else has because we're human. It was a moment of pure shock right. because I have never up to this point in time in my life, I'd never been on any type of medications. I've, I was a, a picture of health, had no problems going on. And all of a sudden you're told you got Parkinson's. My wife and I both were in shock. It's so interesting because you're you're thinking that you hurt your elbow and then you're going in and then you realize it's something that you're going to have to deal with. Most people are going to deal with for the rest of their lives. Did you have fear at, at that time? Like, oh, oh absolutely. my. Absolutely. Your mind starts. It's just like anybody else's mind. What's the future hold? What's going to happen? My wife and I, we were actually looking for in the, for the future when we were going to be retiring from pastor, not ministry. We were looking at a, a homes down in Florida. We were thinking about buying a home and, and having it for the next few years and whatever and moving down there when we're done pastoring. There's just a check in my spirit. I said, we were ready to pull the trigger. And I told Diana, I says, we need to wait. And it was during that time, I, w- I had not gone to the doctor yet. God put this check in my spirit. Then I was diagnosed with Parkinson's. And so everything in our life changed at that point in time. I mean, I was to the point where I, I told Diane, I said, I don't want to talk to anybody about Parkinson's. I don't want to hear anything about try this or try that or anything. And I had actually people get upset with me because I said, I don't want to hear it. Send it to Diane. Let, and she can read it or whatever, but I don't want to hear it. Because I was, I was in shock at this point in time. I think for the first six months to a year, I was totally in shock about what was happening. So people started offering up their Absolutely. ideas and suggestions and all these things. And you haven't even processed. No, I haven't even processed. But all of a sudden, there's people who say, go get this done or go get this done. Get stem cell. Do this. Do that. I didn't want to hear it. I, it's not that I was in denial, but I was so shocked. And, right. and then you, you hear all these horror stories that people say, well, this is going to do and it. Just, it, was, it was just a mad time at that point in time at first. And I'll tell you, it, for those listening, it, I think we often, when we go through something, we try to figure out how to fix it ourselves. But you're hearing somebody thinking about, okay, what's my future going to look like? How am I going to deal with this? How's my life going to change? Is is my job going to change? My ministry, something I've been doing for, you know, at that time, say 36 years of his life in ministry. And then it's like, oh, this, this could all go away. Absolutely. And I, I didn't know because at that point in time, I, my voice had gotten very soft. That's part of the Parkinson's. You know, Parkinson's is a, such a disease. Your brain quits making dopamine. And next thing you know, all your muscles are, be, are becoming rigid. And that's what was going on with me. And, I, and once I got diagnosed, I thought, how many more years am I going to be able to pastor? Am I even going to be able to pastor anymore? And it was it was a it was a terrifying time in your life. You know, you're thinking, processing all this. A couple of days after I got diagnosed, what if I don't get healed? I I believe in healing. I I I believe God does healing. God used me to pray for people, and we've seen miracles. We've seen people healed. The thing about it is, I'm praying for healing at that point in time. 
I, at the same time, I've been thinking, but what if I don't get healed? I was listening to a song. Uh, the song came on about that time, and I'd never heard it before, but that was a few years ago. But it was, I will trust in you, you know, from Lauren Daigle. And it says, if you don't move the mountains I need you to move, I'm going to trust in you. If I, if you don't open the waters that I need to walk through, I'm going to trust in you. The whole idea was, regardless of what God, what whether I got healed or not, I was going to trust God for everything. And I still today, that's the way I feel. If God wants to heal me, I'm praying for healing. I'm believing for healing, but it's not going to change my faith in Him and trusting God. Yeah, I was going to ask you that when you you've been on this faith journey for so many years of your life. What was the temperature check on your faith? Were you questioning or did you say, okay, God, I know you got a plan. What, what were your thoughts then? Well, I mean, my first thoughts is it was fear. What, what's the future? I, I wasn't that spiritual giant at that point in time. You know, <laughs> right. I, I mean, I went home and I, I was crying, telling my wife mm. what was going, what had happened and the diagnosis. And I mean, I had all the raw emotions that everybody else has when you get something that can change your life. Yeah. It's such a tough, tough situation. So now you, you've got this diagnosis, you, you're wrestling with it. You're trying to figure out what your future is going to be. What did you do differently? Did, did your, did anything change? Did, did your life take a turn uh, in a different way that you took up things or did things that you hadn't done before then? Absolutely. Uh, one of the things is I begin to look at every Sunday when we had service, I begin to think, what if this is my last day to be wow. able to preach? And, I, and it made me begin to say, you know, I'm going to go to the pulpit as if this is my last time ever. Oh my and it goodness. made me reevaluate that. And, and I started looking at things differently, you know. I started trying to take care of myself a little bit better. I started working out because the thing about with Parkinson's, you've got to keep moving. If you stop moving, then your muscles begin to really stiffen up. And so I started riding a bike. I started boxing on a heavy bag. I mean, doing everything and actually playing golf, walking, you know, and doing that. And it just keeps you active because the worst thing you can do with Parkinson's is just sit back and do nothing. And they uh-huh. say the best you can do is keep moving and keep going. And I had to, I had to make myself do that because that wasn't a part of my life before. So can you imagine those of you listening, you approach that sermon as if it's your very last. That's incredible. You take stock of your life and you think to yourself, okay, I've got to be active. So what am I going to do? I'm going to take up boxing, get a spinner bike or walk more, etc. He gets a, what feels like a horrible sentence handed down with no rationale on why it's happening. But yet after that happens, things start to change in your life and you start making, take, making steps, different steps. Absolutely. Right after I got diagnosed, the neurologist I had in town, uh, he said he called me in a couple of days. I didn't hear from him. All of a sudden, my daughter gets online, begins to look around. She said, she calls me and says, Dad, there's a neurologist. He's a research doctor, one of the best in the, in the, they say, in the United States. He's at Tufts Medical in Boston. As I called his office, they took me in as a patient. The doctor has done phenomenal with me. I mean, honestly, if I, you didn't know I had Parkinson's, you wouldn't know at all. I, I, the prayer, I say prayer and medication has worked wonders in my life because I, I mean, I'm able to walk without pain any longer. I'm not dragging my left leg. I'm not having tremors that my speech is back. God put everything in order, you know, for me to get the right neurologist, 
great medications. It's helped me. And I have a bunch of people in the body of Christ who are praying for me. Uh, that's been a, that's been a win-win. It is neat to see that. I mean, he's definitely had a lot of people praying for him. I was thinking about your situation, and I was wondering if you've thought about why you're going through this. Um, no, I, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I feel like we all, we, we're in a fallen world. Our spirits have been redeemed, but these bodies are still dying. Right. And no matter, we are susceptible to sickness and disease just like anybody else. And for us to think that we are not, well, take a look around. How many people, how many good Christian people have died from different diseases and different things? Then you have the ones that say, hey, if you, if you had faith enough or if you had the idea of there's sin in your life, what, a, right. what, what I mean, for somebody to say that to somebody that's as ill with, with uh, some of a terminal illness, that is such a prideful statement to make. When you start judging somebody else and telling them you, you sin because you have, or you're sick because you've done these things, or you're, you're sick because you don't have enough faith, where do they get that, the idea that they can make that type of statement? Right. It, it is interesting that. I've seen Christians say, you know, if you just have enough faith, you're going to get healed. Or maybe, maybe there's something in your life that you need to deal with. And that's why you're, you know, th this came upon you, you know, et cetera. In reality, we know that there's no, there's no way for another person to really even have a clue. When we go through storms like this, there are, there are three reasons. One is we go through a storm because God's protecting us. There's something, I use the example of, I almost went to California inside this year, and it was all this craziness and storms going on in my life, but it was God saying, no, you are not going to California. You're staying here. And I wanted to stay here, but I also wanted a promotion. But when you ask for God's will, he intervenes and he said, you're, you're leaning in this direction, but that's not the direction I have for you. The second one I've heard is that God is growing us. There's some purpose, higher purpose that he has. So we go through this storm because he's going to use us in our lives to impact more people. And then the third type of storm that comes in our life is the what we call the self-inflicted storm. Scott goes out and does exactly the opposite of what I'm supposed to do. And I bring a storm on in my life. The truth is, is that none of us know why the storm came about. And what God's ultimate purpose is, we, our goal is we got to walk through the storm and just keep moving. I don't know if you have any response to that. But. Absolutely. What I, what I see, Scott, is a lot of times uh, storms hit us. We don't even know it's coming. It's, it's right. like a rogue wave that just hits us all of a sudden. And that's kind of what it was with me with this Parkinson's. It was like I was not expecting this. You know, I'm thinking – it's just a hurt arm. It's just <laughs> right. an adjustment I needed in my back or something because my muscles were tightening up. And it just came out of nowhere, you know. And all of a sudden, it was like your whole life is rocked for a moment, you know. Right. But once it settles back down, you realize God's still God in the midst of the storm. Yes. You know. Yes. And it reminds me a lot of times when the young man who uh, – they said, he who sinned, his father or him? Or whatever. And he says, neither. He's this way that God can be glorified. I'm, I'm looking for God to be glorified in my life regardless, whether I'm healed or not. Yeah. And for believers listening to this, what he just said is really interesting because I've, I've actually been studying this. We often think that God does 
things for us, and He does as His primary goal. But God does everything for His glory. That's, That's right. what He does. And His glory, it could be in that I'm going through something because I've got to impact someone else. You know, I got to, I got to, I got to be on a journey that he wants me on to impact somebody's life. But if you, if you look at the scriptures, you get a chance, you can even Google, you know, God does everything for his glory. It's hard to get your head around that, but it's, it's like all things are for his glory to reflect his glory. And that's what we're to do. You know, one of the things that's happened late with this whole thing's God. I've had people from all over the different places in the in the United States call me and ask me. They heard that I had Parkinson's or have Parkinson's, and I've been able to talk with people, tell them what I'm doing, what's happening in my life, and it's just been amazing how I've been able to use this. Not that I'm glorying glorying in Parkinson's, but how God's used it to open doors for me to talk to other people about the same thing. Oh, that's that's so cool. Remember, I opened with the quote that nearly everyone prays for healing. A lot of people think that that atheists don't pray, uh, agnostics don't pray. Nearly everyone, when they get a diagnose, diagnosis like Gary, they pray. They, it's just a natural thing. I, I don't know if it's it, it's almost instinctual because, you know, the Bible says that every man is without excuse. They know there's a God. And so deep down inside, they know there's a God and they, and they need help. They're like, okay, I'm going to call for help because I need it. Right. But I was going to ask you, how do you, how do you approach healing like that? I think that's what a lot of people struggle is like, do I pray for it? If I pray for it, how do I, how did you pray for it? And how do you continue to pray for it? So I was just wondering if you could share a little bit about that. Absolutely. I continue to pray for it. I believe in healing. I'm trusting God. I'm believing God. He's going to heal me. And uh, I'm so I'm not wavering in that. I still trust in that, and I've been believing in that, and I'm going to hang on to that. That God's a healer because He is hit, one of the names of God was Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah heals, yes. and He is a healing God. And uh, you know, whether He heals me here, and some people may say that this is cliche, but if He heals me here, or if He doesn't, when I go home to be in it with Him in heaven, I, I won't have Parkinson, but. He's using me now, even with this, and I'm still trusting him in faith to say, God, I want you to heal my body. I, I want. I don't want to have to take medication the rest of my life. But you know what? It's in his hands. It's not my hands. Right. Because some people say, well, you don't have faith. I do have faith. But, but what about the man that was put down through the roof by his friends? And Jesus looked at them and said, their faith has made you whole. It wasn't his faith. People praying for me is just as valuable as me praying for myself. Yes. I love the the story of Hezekiah. The Bible says he became seriously ill. Isaiah warned him to get his affairs in order because he was going to die. But what did Hezekiah do? He, he went up against the wall and started crying out to the Lord and telling him how obedient he's been to God's precepts, yeah. you know, his laws his, and how faithful. And I never caught this, but before the prophet left the house, God heard his cry and he turned around and extended his life by 15 years. God put that in there for a reason. You know, when you think about he gets a death sentence, he immediately gets up and does what I don't know if all of you do, but I do. When I'm in a dark place, I I cry out. Like I just do it. It's kind of a natural thing now, but I kind of scream that stuff out. I'll go for walks and 
do that. But Hezekiah goes up against the wall, probably in shock like Gary was, and he starts crying out. And before the prophet leaves the house, he turns around and says, okay, we're going to extend your life. Oh, that's an amazing story. But Well, you know, I feel like God's given me more years. I mean, I don't, I feel really great now. I, I have good movement back and I feel like I'm almost right back to a hundred percent. And I'm looking to stay in ministry for another number of years. I mean, right. I don't have a planned retirement. I believe God's going to extend the ministry and we're seeing great things continue to happen. And I'm excited about that. I'm excited about what God's doing in my life. We could all get down and because, oh, I got Parkinson's. I can't do this or can't do it. The one thing it has affected, though, is my golf game. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, at one time I, I was a pretty good golfer and now I'm struggling because balance issues, because with Parkinson's, there becomes a balance issue. I mean, it's a work. It's a, I mean, every day I have to take the regimen of medicine. I have to do certain things. You know, because it's just part of it. it your life changes. It, it's interesting because I was asking folks and they're like, if he has Parkinson's, you'd never know it. His preaching's the best it's ever been. He, he keeps getting better and his energy level and his vision for the ministry. And he's involved in, every, in all these things, you know, just saying that God, whatever's happened in your life with Parkinson's, it hasn't affected what God has called you to do. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think it's a little funny that your golf game is struggling a little bit. <laughs> we're, we're working on that. But. I know. It's, he's proud. You should see him. Like he, he switches out the clubs and tries different things. It's, and I'm a horrible golfer, by the way. And this guy is the guy, I think the very first time I ever went golfing, he invited me to a charity golf event. Do you remember that? Yes. I had never gone golfing in my life. And I, I don't even know where I got the clubs. I, I had to think about that. But I go and I only had, it was best ball. I only had two lucky shots out of 18 holes. I mean, it was miserable. I thought it was easy. It's miserable. He was giving me a little feedback, little tips here and there. And then he told me at the end, don't give up your day job. Um, <laughs> well, you know, if you know anything about golf, I was down at one time to like a six, fluctuated between a six and a 10 handicap. Well, my handicap is a lot higher than that right now. It's, yeah. it's climbing and it's kind of frustrating, but you know, that's part of it. It must know? be to keep you humble because yeah. I am humble. Every time I go golfing, I feel humble, but I'm thankful you know, to get yeah. out there. Uh, we talked about Hezekiah. The other one that really interests me too is the woman with the issue of blood. Yes. She had tried everything 12 years. I don't think any of us know what that's like just to have that continuation, that, that problem continue. And she was saying, if I could just touch. touch the garment. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's amazing. God, I just want to be with you. I want to touch you. Uh, and, you know, uh, it takes us to, to some resolve to say, hey, I'm not giving up. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to do whatever I have to to get into his presence, you know. And, you know, like I told you earlier, my preaching, I still look at it today. What if this is my last Sunday? What if this is my last message I'm going to be preaching to this congregation or to any congregation? Puts a whole different perspective on ministry and life in general. We take a lot of times, we take our health for granted. Old age is not what it's cracked up to be. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But God is faithful. And that's where I I still trust in him. Regardless if I get healed or not, I'm still going to trust him. And I think that's where we have to be. You know, don't be so quick to judge somebody else because they may have sickness in their life. Don't be quick to say, hey, 
what's what's the sin in your life? Why are you sick? You're sick because you got some sin in your life, or you're you're sick because you don't have enough faith. Don't do that to people. That is so wrong. It's the opposite of what we're supposed to do, which is lift people up. You know, you'll know a Christian by their love. Those that lift other people up and encourage them and exhort them. One of the things I was going to share too is the power of positive thinking. There are scientific studies, by the way, that that share if you have faith, if you stay positive, if you make a choice to be joyful, that your life is enriched. They, they, there's so many studies out there. And in fact, they are finding, the research is showing that people that pray, they see results. Mm-hmm. And, it, and many people think, and, and I think that I read that two-thirds of people believe in miracles. They believe that God is capable of doing miracles. They also uh, believe in answered prayer. That when, that, That's why so many people do it, by the way. If you want evidence, why do people pray everywhere if they weren't expecting God to do something? They, they're, they're actually praying because they believe that God's going to do it. Well, the scientific community started to research uh, and test those theories in a variety of different ways. And it, the results are conclusive that prayer is powerful and it does work. Absolutely. It's, it's incredible. Like that's what the Lord wants us to be. And why I bring that up is because what he said is really important. He said the moment he found out, how many people do you know, and maybe you're struggling with this, and I'd love for you to speak on this, that they get the, the proverbial death sentence. And I have met so many people that the moment they learn that, it's like their life is completely different. Like I only, I'm not going to be around. I'm not going to get be here to see my grandchildren. And and I understand it because you're in shock and all that. So I'm not here putting anybody down for that. But I, what I'm sharing is that when you have that outlook, like that, that sermon's going to. I'm going to preach like this is my last sermon, which means what? I don't care what people think. I'm going to do what God's called me to do. This is what He wants me to do. People don't like it. That's too bad. Whereas maybe before, I wonder what people are going to think. I want some of that stuff just falls off because Absolutely. you're like, I'm not even thinking about it anymore. But I don't know if you want to speak on that or not. But. No, I mean, it, it does. It comes to the place where you just say, it's all about pleasing God. It's not about worrying about myself. It's about if this is my last time, I want it to count. Right. And I want it to touch people's lives. I don't want to just go through the motions of it. I want it to be real. And that's what I try. That's what I try to do. You know, I try to keep a good attitude about things because uh, some people, they like you say, they get the diagnosis next thing. They just give up. I'm not giving up. Right. You know, I'm going to continue to fight the good fight. We're going to continue to sit, plant more churches. We're going to continue to grow in the kingdom of God. And God has a, has still more for us to do. Yeah, it's 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 so cool. If you're hearing this and it, maybe you don't even have a, a a major ailment, but you feel like your life is just not where you want it to be and it's worthless and, you know, hopeless. Let this message encourage you. It can be turned around and God, you know, I, I love that scripture. He says, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, I will open up and come into him. But it's like, all we have to do is open the door. That's it. Like, he's like, I, think about that, everybody. I stand at the, he stands at our door and knocks. So just like that, that mindset, God, I want to please you. I want to be close to you. I, I know I've got this situation, but it didn't catch you by surprise, even though it caught Gary, by surprise, threw him for a loop. 
but he gained his footing. He's like, okay, all right, then we, we got to move forward, right? You know, you know, as a pastor, I continue to pray for people in the altars at times for healings and miracles. And you say, well, you're praying for them. Why, why aren't you healed? You know, the idea is it doesn't matter. That's in God's hands. I, but I'm still going to believe God for healing for others and for myself. Like I said, fight the good fight. Don't give up. Keep your focus on Christ and glorifying him. For those folks out there that have something that's that's been happening for years and they've kind of given up on that, they're just living life. Would you encourage them to pray about to pray for healing or would you say well, I would say continue to pray for healing. You know, I believe I pray for people healing on their deathbeds. I as long as they have breath, I'm going to pray for miracles. I'm going to trust to God for to heal them. But if God doesn't, we're going to celebrate them. They went home to be with the Lord. Right, right. You know, so that's that's the way I look at it. Yeah, and why do you think it's so important to keep praying? Like pr- praying or, or believing for the healing? That's a good question. <laughs> uh, I, but I think, you know, he tells us to pray without ceasing. You know, we're told to continue. It's like the the woman that had that wanted the bread and she was knocking on her neighbor's door because that she had a guest there and she was just being persistent right. and uh, was not willing to give up. And I think that's where our faith has to be. I want to keep knocking at the door until I believe God could, would heal me and make me whole. Yeah, that it, it, it is. This whole faith thing to me is a journey of perseverance and pressing in and not giving up because all of us know there are many times, uh, and Pastor knows this, I ran ran the New York City Marathon and I had practiced and practiced and practiced, over-practiced really. And then when I got there, it was completely different. I started, I had to be there, get up at 3.30 in the morning, 5.30, I caught a shuttle and I didn't even kick off till eight, didn't even know what to eat. Whereas normally I'd wake up, I'd eat, I'd stretch, get prepared, and then I'd go run. I'd never thought about, Scott, you're going to wake up at 3.30 in the morning. You're not going to run until eight or eight, until your heat is called. And 13 miles, I was dying. 16 miles, I thought I couldn't go on. I wanted to give up. And I, you know, I'm not a person that really gives up anything. And it's our faith is a lot like that. Like mm-hmm. we're going to be tested in a way that I'm not saying that God's trying to get us to give up, but it's to get us to break through these resistance barriers so that we know without a shadow of a doubt that when God says, I'm going to equip you to do something, we're going to do it, That's but right. it's going to be hard. It's, it's perseverance. It's just, it's just staying there and saying, God, I'm just believing you and trusting you to do this. And I, I can't do it myself. I need you. I need a, a healing touch. Yes. You know? And yeah. just keep going back, keep knocking at the door. How would you encourage other believers to stretch out their faith for others versus just thinking about healing for themselves? I think that just being positive with that person, talking to them, give them, you know, our word should be edifying and building others up in their faith. And that's one of the things we need to do. A lot, instead of judging somebody, trying to judge somebody, speak life into them you know encourage them tell them that you're praying for them you're you're standing with them in their situation that's the love of god that's showing them kindness and mercy and sometimes human beings are not that like that we want to make it about us instead of about christ and i think that's the major thing it, it's so interesting what you're sharing sharing it it bears with witness with me I, I just thought about this that you know we're most likely to connect with people 
when they're going through something. For example, when I heard that, my heart was crushed. My whole family was praying for you left and right. The the point is like these situations actually cause us to be his hands extended. Absolutely. Because folks feel when these things happen, you can feel alone. Then others are coming around you and saying, okay, I love you. I want to, you know, I want to pray for you. I want to encourage you, et cetera. You know, and uh, as a pastor, I've been in some different situations. And one of the ones that come back to mind, it was my first time this ever happened. I was called to the hospital by a family that would just started coming to the church when I was pastoring in Florida and their baby was dying, a newborn baby. And I, I went to the, they called me. I went back into the trauma room where they had the baby and the mom's sitting there and doctors and nurses all around. There was no words you could say. And all of a sudden I'm sitting there as this mom's rocking her baby and it passes away. And we just begin to cry. I, I didn't have words to say at that point in time. But you know what it said? They said to me later on, it says, it meant so much, brought so much comfort to us for you just being there. Sometimes just being there for people makes a difference. And that's good. Good word. My goodness. So what are the words that really resonated with you that ministered to you or touched your heart? I would think my wife, she was really an encouragement during that time. We got this. We'll, we'll get through this. And she was very concerned, and she's still concerned. At nights, uh, there's times that there's things that happen in my sleep because of the medications at times. And, and it, she'll get a, she'll say, are you okay? Are you okay? To have her there and to just uh, the encouragement that she's been in her words has been amazing. I had a chance to go to lunch with him on Sunday. When you love someone as much as she loves you, you can tell she still wrestles with Absolutely. this whole thing. And I, if it, it's almost like you see two things out of her. One is she trusts the Lord completely. And that's what she said. I just have to trust the Lord. She said, though, it doesn't take away all my questions. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. We, we, I think all of us have questions still. You know, why did I have Parkinson's? I don't know. But you know what? One day, I'll know. But one day I won't have Parkinson's either. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. But but it's amazing. Uh, she has been such a strong person in my life to stand on, you know. And she's just been there with me and just been an encouragement. Because I I got I was really during that first year, like I said, I was in shock. And Diane was there just to encourage me. She's just a God's gift to me. And you you preached during that whole year. Yes. You didn't stop anything. I haven't stopped anything. I'm not going to stop. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I didn't even reflect on that. Because, folks, by the way, it takes a while to get the medication worked out. So mm-hmm. it's not as if you got diagnosed with Parkinson's and the next day there, you're on a regimen of medication and you everything's back to normal. You, I think you just said it. it's taken a long time. And more recently, you feel like, okay, I'm I'm pretty much back to the old Gary, but that's four years later. How did you deal with that first year? And you preached, you did the Bible studies, the, all the other, all the stuff that you normally do. I, I'd have to say by the grace of God, you know, <laughs> honestly, because uh, I had a lot of different things on my mind, but it, I, I had to continue to seek God, even getting into the word and just saying, Hey, I've got to get, a, I've got to get a word from God on the, on the, there's still, a, I'm still pastoring. And I got work to do. That's kept that kept me going. I just didn't want to just sit back and say, I'm not going to do this anymore. 
and feel sorry for myself. Because a lot of times you get diagnosed you, with something, you, you start feeling sorry for yourself. Why me? But there's more to do. And God just kept, us, kept me going at that time. And, you know, the regimen of medication, it took some time. Today, I'm on five different medications for the Parkinson's. My doctor's been really good with that and helping me with that. And that's the reason I feel like I'm where I'm at today. Because I, but that first year, it was, it was, it was, I look back and I say, I said it before, I was in shock, but God helped me. His grace really helped me and encouraged me to move forward. And even that, that's when I first said, I want to approach this like this is my last Sunday. And that, that made such a big difference, you know. It's interesting. I, I didn't even think about this, but but a lot of people do withdraw. Absolutely. And you see, I'm not here to say there's a formula, but no. you see somebody who said, okay, I got, I got sucker punched or, or hit really hard. I'm going to stay with it. Now, I think we should all think about that. You know, I got diagnosed uh, like on a Wednesday or Thursday. I was, I was preaching Sunday. I still got ministry. I still got to be obedient to what God's called me to do. And you waited a time before you told, you got the diagnosis, but you waited a few weeks or something. Before I mentioned it to the congregation, I've been pastoring the church here for 24 years. I look at the church as a family and I want to let them know where I'm at. You know, and I give updates every once in a while about what's going on. It's actually brought uh, just a a tightness as a family. Because a lot of times pastors like to feel like they nothing's ever bad or happened to me. I'm spiritual. I'm a sister giant that nobody doesn't touch me. But that's not being real. Your congregation feels so much closer to you when you're open and you're real about what's going on in life. And you struggle with real things like everybody else struggles with. Well, first of all, thank you so much for sharing your story. I I, I know this is going to bless a lot of people. and. Before I wrap up, I, is, is there anything else you would share with folks as they have loved ones going through something like this or they are going through something like this? Anything you'd want to share that we didn't talk about? I guess the only thing I would, would highlight is get good people around you. It's going to speak into your life. Words of encouragement. Words that's going to build you up. Words that's going to build your faith. I, I guess be careful about who you let speak into your life. If somebody's trying to tell you, what, what sins in your life or what's why don't you have enough faith? Push that stuff away and get people to speak life into you. It makes a difference. So I want to close with a little story. I, I was telling Gary that I have uh, an Indian friend that I work with and she didn't grow up in the church, nor did she know anything about Jesus. And we were talking about healing. You know, she knows the studies about the power of positive profession. And I said to her, I said, I agree with what you're saying that the Bible tells us to be affirming and to be encouraging and to, to, to be positive, right? Because that's what we should be. But I told her, I said, you know, the difference is imagine put it, thinking positive thoughts for yourself versus putting those positive prayers to the King of glory, to, to the God of heaven and earth who can actually do something about our situation. And when I opened the podcast, I shared with you that everyone prays. Everyone prays. Everyone believes, wants to believe that they're going to to be healed. A good portion of people have seen people healed and they believe it. And that's why they keep doing it. That's what the research says. That's not my words. But I think as you heard from Gary, it's not always easy to understand why we go through the things that we go through. Remember how I talked about the storm, the storm to protect us. 
the storm to grow us or the storm to keep us or to help us get back on the right path. We don't know what what storm, but God is saying to us, get up. And I think there's so many things we can learn from his story, which is I never thought about, but he kept on keeping on, not only mentally, but physically. He kept preaching. He kept doing those things. And he took all those concerns and those frustrations or emotions to the Lord. And he had what all of us, all of us have, which is fear to start out with, because you're thinking, what's going to happen? How's my life going to change as a result of this? Two, he had really positive people around him, people that loved him and cared for him that lifted him up and didn't tear him down. And some of the best advice we can, he could give is to help us think about how we respond to people who are going through these uh, types of things. And, and third, we learn there's no real formula for healing. No. There, there's not. Like God, God gives Hezekiah 15 years. The woman says, I just, if I could just touch him, I could be healed, but I've tried everything else. He got the person that said they were born with a uh, physical deformity and they get healed. And God said, well, it was for his glory. And then you've got Paul who says, I went to the Lord three times and asked him to heal. He, or I, I took my situation three times, this thorn in the flesh. And God said, my grace is sufficient for you. So we know there's no formula that says, okay, if you just do all these things the right way, you're going to be healed. You know, it's, it's like he said, we believe for healing now, but maybe I'm getting my healing when I get to heaven, right? It's that That's what could happen. So wherever you find yourself, wherever you see your family members struggling, you have the power to pray, to believe, to encourage, to exhort, and to lift up the people around you, to lift up yourself before the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, and ask him to look in on, on your situation. Gary, what you may not have thought about, has experienced healing. He's preaching. His sermons are powerful. He just told you he's virtually symptom-free. God used modern medicine and prayer to do that. God may choose to put his hand on you and just erase it. We don't know, but we just walk on. We keep doing his will and uh, walk in faith and not by sight. Wherever you find yourself, be encouraged. And uh, thank you again, Gary, for joining me. Uh, Thank you, Scott. All right. Thank you, everyone. God bless you. I hope you've enjoyed listening to today's podcast. Would you take a moment and provide a rating, subscribe, and consider sharing this message of encouragement with others? You can also visit us on scottknuckles.com to get more information. Until next time, blessings.